huge news, years in the making, my brand new book that my publishers refuse to publish, Money Matrix. Beat the money system and build generational wealth. Understand the three main ways that the banks productize you and make money from you. You'll be able to turn that system against itself, build generational wealth and multiple streams of recurring income. It's all at moneymatrix.cash. And if you're quick, the first few hundred registrants and buyers will receive many special bonuses from me. The brand new Moneymaker Summit three-day special event. Meet me at a champagne reception. Meet me at a multi-millionaire networking dinner. Go now, moneymatrix.cash. This is huge. Katie Hopkins live and uncut. This is an audio only exclusive because we had to take out a large chunk of the YouTube content because of (coughs) COVID and (coughs) lockdowns. So this is the uncut episode. This is Katie Hopkins like you've never seen her before. There's tears, there's anger, there's rants and there's laughter. In between exposing obesity, Prince Harry, the monarchy, the banking system, there is some deep and meaningful content that I think is going to surprise you greatly. Katie gets horny about Elon Musk, slams the current state of the UK and flirts with me outrageously. And in a brand new format, a full review of the major events of the year. Let's do this. So this is something very different. I'm at Katie Hopkins' house, privately hidden in the middle of nowhere. (laughs) No one ever comes to my house. So you're privileged. I am privileged. So Katie had this idea we could do a review of the year. Yes. Which I thought was a brilliant idea. Um, So we're going to do a review of the year with Katie Hopkins. But first, Katie, I need to ask you this. Do you feel like you're misunderstood? (laughs) No, no, I don't feel like I'm misunderstood. I feel like I've always said what I think. I think people have misunderstood what it means to have an opinion. And many people have misunderstood that if you disagree with someone, you have to hate them. And that's a misunderstanding that they have. Whereas I understand that I can say exactly what I think. And as long as I'm not demanding anyone agrees with it, thinks the same as me, I'm not asking to be liked either. But uh, I think that's okay. And that we need to be able to say what we think and disagree and that be okay. I think the misunderstanding is that you have to hate someone that you disagree with. So you're okay if people think, for example, you're a racist? Yeah, I'm okay if people think I'm racist, fattist, uh, sexist, Islamophobic, uh, anti-Christian, anti-Jew, anti-Semitic, all of the names wow, I've been called. Wow, you managed to get them all in there. Well, I've tried to, get, I've tried to hit every religion because <laughs> I've been called all of them. People right. think I am Jewish. I'm not, wouldn't matter if I was. Mm. Um, So I'm called every label that there is. And I will always say, you know, you have to allow, it's a really important thing, I think, for young people, like with post-it notes, I wish I had them on me, but um, you have to allow people to put labels on you and allow them to sit there. But does that not upset you if that's not who you think you are? No, because maybe it did for five years or so of it (laughs) to start with. But after a while, you realise the, the people are going to keep sticking these labels on and then they'll make room for another one. Oh, she's transphobic. Oh, she's now queer ally transphobic. They'll just keep coming up with more labels, even if you answer these ones. Mm. So all you can do is know that those people are putting labels on you, but that's not who you are. And as long as you know who you are, 
everything's good. And, and it's kind of a message I have, I guess, for younger people is whatever you get called, just know that that's someone putting that on you. It's your choice as to whether that is actually sticking and it's the truth or you know who you are and that's OK. Mm. So who is Katie Hopkins? <laughs> oh, you know what? Um, someone that wants people to be all right. Someone that wants everyone to be all right, whatever they're doing. Someone who wants people to make it through this craziness that we're living in. Someone that knows that things can get so dark you see no way out other than ending it. Uh, someone that wants everyone to do, be as bloody weird as you can be. Because my view is the only way we're going to make it through this is by being weird. And um, be as weird as you want. And you go do your thing. And I will cheer you and I will cheer you and I will cheer you. Just don't ask me to pay for your crap, believe the same crap that you believe, or in any way change my views to try and fit with what you want me to be, because mm. I won't. Mm. Do you think you become more or less hated? Yeah, it's an odd thing. I was hated for so long, I was completely used to being hated. So it was entirely standard for me to be hated. Uh, I never really got attacked in the street and things because people don't typically do that. But I was absolutely hated. So I, and because of being hated, it means all sorts of things can come for you. Uh, people came for my jobs, came for my children. None of my children have my last names to try mm. and protect them. Mm. I've never been to any of my children's schools, not one day in their lives. Um, I don't own anything. I don't have anything so that if someone comes for me, it's just me and it doesn't impact on my family. So it's that level of hate that gets to quite a point. Um, and I can't be booked on anything. I'm banned from all mainstream. I'm, I'm utterly hated. And then a really strange thing has happened in probably the last couple of years is that because the world was so confusing and has been so mad and and people are fickle and disloyal and inconsistent. I have been consistently me and a, and a strange thing has gone on where I now have people that support me and outwardly love what I do. And that's been very awkward for me to deal with indeed, as you can see. <laughs> um, I well, because you're always waiting for them to turn. No, on no, not that. No. no, not at all. Just I became very used to having to rely on I know who I am, uh, good people that know me, maybe three people know who I am and I accept that everyone else hates me and now uh, I have thousands of people turning up at events and they are supportive and I find it very awkward clapping or anything I, I still really struggle with. I'm very proud to say this episode is sponsored by AG1. As you know we're more than 1000 episodes into Disruptors and I very rarely have sponsors. I'm really choosy on sponsors and I only pick people that I love myself and I use myself. I have turned down loads of sponsors, but personally I've been using AG1 for nearly 14 years myself before we ever did a sponsorship deal with them. For me, AG1 really helps with my mental focus, clarity and overall well-being. As someone who's really freaking busy and can't always sit down and eat a million vegetables in a day, knocking back a big pintful of AG1 in the morning is perfect for me. Of course, health is wealth, and I'm in my mid-40s, I'm realising that more and more. So if you'd like to try AG1 yourself with a special exclusive offer that I have for you right now, go to drinkag1.com forward slash disruptors. That's drinkag1.com forward slash disruptors and get a free year supply of vitamin D3, K2 and five travel packs with your first purchase on me. 
So one more time, that's drinkag1.com forward slash disruptors. AG1, thanks for sponsoring the show. You are legends. <laughs> so... <laughs> not that yeah. I like being hated. I'm just pretty good at it now. Right. And so any moments so you, where it hasn't been the case, I've found incredibly awkward. Is that what you sort of almost in, institutionalised for the world to hate you and it's just hard to undo it? Hard to undo it. And also I don't feel, I didn't come out, I didn't ever just start speaking my mind in order to be, oh, here I am. Everybody will love this. I want to be loved. It wasn't. I just always saw things that weren't right and would always say what I thought was right. And now I have a lot of support and it's, and it's a very nice thing. Hmm. So here's a question for you. Would you go back to the start before the hate <laughs> and repress your opinion oh. so that you could watch your kids at their school plays, take them to school, they could have your last name, not have people come for your properties, your bank accounts and everything. Would you change that destiny if you could? Oh, I thought you were going to ask if you could have all of that life again, you know, because life is finite and it's ticking away. If you could go back to the start and live it all again, would you? 100% no. <laughs> it's been exhausting. Right. Like I, if, I, if someone said to me, right, tomorrow you're gonna wake up and you get to live every day that you've lived, you live it all again, I'd be like, sod off. Like, give me a Mars bar and sod off. No way. But, would I, knowing all that I know about the dastardliness of what I've brought on myself, often because of my mighty mouth, would I change a thing? Do you know I wouldn't? So you would not <sighs> repress your opinion, even to be able to see your kids at school growing up? No, because A, I don't like my kids that much, and B... Uh, I shouldn't encourage you, should I? <laughs> just, <laughs> just do cutaways if we go like this. <laughs> but truly... Kids are really overrated. You've got some, haven't you? Two. Yeah, so you understand. It's like this idea that you have kids and you're supposed to go, oh, isn't this great? Like people say to you, oh, don't you feel now that your life is complete? Nah, <laughs> my life is pretty good before. Like kids are like quite nice to have, I guess, but like not at all my life. No way. I'd lie down in front of a bus for any of them tomorrow. That's not the point. It's that I had school gate mums. I would rather stab myself in the face with a blunt butter knife than spend any time with school gate mums. Uh, parents committee, uh, bake sale, uh, like no. So the fact that I couldn't have my children's name and that I couldn't go to their schools, there's been some Brucey bonuses with that. Let's not get carried away. Um, also, all these people that have their kids living with them still at 22, 24, I consider that to be a failure of parenting. Like get those kids, get them gone. Adult swans, when their babies have grown up, the cygnets, hmm? learning moment there, baby swan, Thanks. cygnet. Hmm? Glad I drove all the way down for this. You're in property, you might not <laughs> yeah. know that. Don't come from the countryside like me. There comes a day where both the adult swans turn around and attack the cygnets, like full on attack them so that they fly away and find their own space. And I've taken Is that. Is that what you did to your kids? Yeah, <laughs> that's both. why they're not here. Yeah. <laughs> But my point is um, that I wouldn't change anything because actually my life, as it turns out, I've been the same person all the way through. And now I feel like the world has turned 180 degrees 
And so suddenly now I have this huge support, not of people that like me necessarily, but people that are willing to see that we don't have to agree. And then everything seems to be going in the direction of the kind of travel I wanted us to be going in. Mm. Freeing up of speech, freeing up of people's opinions, uh, push back against the madness. I feel like I'm on a massive, things have come good. 20 mm. years it took, that's all. Mm. So in our review of the year, yes. from what you said about freedom of speech, that's where I want to start. So some things happened. So Andrew Tate got arrested and imprisoned and then freed and stage by stage he's getting more freed and um, he can now roam Romania um, and, and so maybe he's only one step away from freedom so it, it both happened and of course he became pretty much the biggest name in the world then we had Russell Brand and um, you know that was trial by social media is he a predator or has he been cancelled we don't know so do you want to talk about the year of cancel culture and the f free speech and what your thoughts are on famous people like this. Mm. It was kind of a, it became a theme, didn't it? One after the other, mm. they came for the big guys. Certainly Tate, uh, we saw him taken down and eviscerated. And I, what I love about uh, Tate is that he walked towards that fire, always walked towards it. You know, a lot of the time when I'm signing stuff off or speaking onwards towards, we walk towards them. And if anyone walked toward them, it was Andrew Tate, like, mm. come on come on and even when so the last thing i think was the greta thing when he when he went for their golden child mm. greta and he went here's my cars basically you know here's my knob mm. and i was like yes so he walked towards it and paid a price but ultimately you know i believe our paths are already set i believe uh, good always wins out so i always believe he's going to be okay and it's so it's proving um, and he has more support than he's ever had. Mm. And that's something that unites all of these individuals in the review of 2023 is their support grows and magnifies. And what the left keeps doing is creating these monsters. You know, they are Frankenstein. Tate is their monster. And the monster's getting bigger and more powerful because of what they did to him. Just quickly on that yeah. one before we move on to someone else, because I remember watching an interview with you where you said you knew exactly what had happened to Andrew Tate because yeah. it had happened to you. Yeah, 100%. So could you tell us what exactly happened? Yes. So once the day, they've got their eye on you and you see signs of it in all different places, my daughter's bank account being cancelled. I mean, uh, strange things happening. You're getting refused for insurance, life insurance, uh, just things that flag up as being a bit odd or your driving license being sent back to you cancelled starting to pull away at things that you don't know why your name ever happened that way but a day comes where where the powerful that run uh, the world decide that you need to go one of these days you're going to need to just yawn when you do a yawn you just need to do a yawn okay just do this oh is that an instruction for me to do yeah. it yeah that's better yeah, don't hide your yawns. Okay. Because it makes me feel like you've got some sort of cerebral palsy and it's putting me off. So, You're supposed to be a professional. You've done no, this a I long am time. being a professional because I'm not yawning. Right. You're yawning. You but just, just tried to hide it. No, but, but you just made me. But you're yawn. hiding your yawns and you're going like this and it's putting me off. <laughs> but you're supposed to be a professional. <laughs> I am the professional, hence I ate and drank this morning so I'm firing on all cylinders. Okay, got I'd, it. I wouldn't yawn at you because I don't find you no. boring. Um, so the thing, should we try going from somewhere that was useful to you? 
Now, I think I'm, we're going to keep all this in, oh, by the right. way. You do know it five hours. <laughs> you do know. You do know I haven't been on coffee for a month. I know what it shows because yeah. you're yawning your belly head off, but I, you're not even I doing a I wasn't even going yawn. to yawn. You know, I've seen you do it about twice now, and you do that weird thing people do where you go like that. So it's really off-putting for me because all my brain wants to go, just yawn, go on, just yawn. But I didn't even need to yawn. You so did. Don't be a child with me. Yeah, when the world descends. Yeah. So you see, these, you see these things happening and you think, that's odd, that's odd. And then all of a sudden, one day they decide. And for me, it was when I was in, uh, on in the med. Um, some, a brilliant bunch of people had got a boat and they were going to try and block the illegals being ferried over from Africa. They were in the middle of the med trying to block those boats. I was on the side of the med with the Save the Children boat and I'm literally at the Save the Children boat. The head of Save the Children is on the phone to my editor. I am causing a world of pain to everybody that traffics flesh across the med. And that's the day. And I saw it come in. My editor did not know what was going on. And believe me, he's seen all things. Uh, the chief rabbi, uh, the board of deputies, that's the organisation that runs the Jewish synagogues, uh, the Muslim council, they were into my editor, uh, calling for my removal, calling for my silencing, calling for my job. Uh, Brandon Cox saved the children. He was in. And there were some other figures, notable figures, all on the same day. At the same time. At the same time. A board of deputies, 100 signatures for why Katie Hopkins has to be gone. Muslim Council, 250. Leading academics from the university. They've got it all ready to go. And they work as a circle. Uh, they are watching you. And one day is the decision day. And that day was the Greta tweet from Tate. Yeah, because... And it, you saw it go... Vroom. It all happened, I think, yeah. New Year's Eve. Yeah. Um, really late. It was That yeah. seemed very timely. Yeah. All banks, all social media. I mean, he said to me he had something like 15 million, just couldn't get back. Yeah, and they've got it ready to go. It, yeah. You can imagine them. They've got it already circled around you, and it's simply the day that they do that. And they all do it together. To, wow. Absolutely together. Someone said to me, they, someone else, not Andrew, but someone else, they had bank accounts shut down, like millions, and they said, I will open it, but you've got to give us half to open it. <laughs> I mean, it's like... It's wild. It, it is... It's wild. And then you realise, you know, so way back when I realised this, well, there's no such thing really as voting you know, not in, not in our country. And there's certainly no such thing as the law. And that, that what do you is mean a, by there's no such thing as voting and the law? So, yes, so, so there's no such thing as the law. Um, yeah, I know me, you just Yeah, I know, again. I was gonna say, if <laughs> yeah. I say it twice, will it help? Yeah, yeah, that's more impact. If I go for a third time. Say it again and we'll all just understand what you mean. So there's no such thing as the law. So people say, well, why don't you sue? Why don't you, well, surely there's a, you know, can't you get a lawyer? But there's no such thing as the law working with you or there's no standard of the law. Whatever the law, the law is whatever those powerful people decide it will be on the day. So if they need to create a new law just for me that says, for this reason, we're taking your house. That's what they did. Mm. Or for Tommy, for this reason, da -da 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 -da, we're going to lock you up for contempt of court. Never happened before, never in history, never will again. Just for Tommy right. and for Andrew a law just for Andrew that says whatever nonsense. So mm. the law is not the law. And that's why sometimes when people are saying, well, can't you litigate? Can't you go to the lawyers? You're like, you're, there's still a very long way behind the curve. Mm. Not, not in a disrespectful way, because it's much, it's much uh, preferable to believe in things like the law. Mm. It's comforting to imagine the police are there to protect you. Mm. 
And then Russell Brand. Russell Brand was next. And I guess for him, this is a 180 world. He's kind of did a 180 to being on this amazing kind of journey of, of the same, walking towards it, knowing he was going to lose all the stuff from his old world because he was very much a pet or a, a beloved of the left. He was the intelligentsia loved him. You know, zone ones to three in London, Chelsea, Knightsbridge. Oh, Russell. Oh, let's go and see Russell. You know, he broke into my LBC radio studio to call me a witch and a Nazi and the rest of it. And then now I listen to Russell and I'm like, preach. You know, we, we ended up on the same thing. It's a re really, really lovely thing. Mm. And I love it the best when we bring them over from the other side. So Neil Oliver was a good example because they loved him when he was stood on the coast like stood on the coastline with his accent talking about the coast. They were like, oh, we love him. And then he came over to our side and they're like, we hate him. Same with Russell. Mm. Um, so he's been joyous to bring over and to see him doing so well. Do you but think he's guilty of the accusations? No, every single time uh, they come up with accusations, every single time. You know, we've just seen it in, in smaller ways as well. We've just seen it, so Marine Le Pen, is due to win next year in France, and now they have some kind of investigation to her expenses. Rosie Duffield of the Labour Party, they don't want her in the party anymore. Anti-Semitism investigation. Uh, the Green Party women have just been disenfranchised because of technical issues. There's always a reason, but it's never the reason. Right. Yeah, so no, I'm, um, I think it's terrific what Russell's done. I'm so supportive of him, but I, I fear he will never return to being able to do stand-up in theatres. Theatres that he used to be booked in will never have him. Mm. But does that matter so much now with social media and the internet and he's on yes. Rumble and... Who cares about these things? You know, the social online is not where we're headed, in fact. Uh, we're headed back to gatherings uh, in public, in person human beings mm. in the same room. Didn't Why aren't you, we on just, Zoom? Yeah, didn't you just do that in America? Yes, yeah. and um, for t four months in the UK, gathering people in rooms, speakeasies yeah. in the dead of night, in places that you shouldn't gather, <laughs> and also big theatres, 2,000 mm. people in Blackpool on the end of the pier, gathering people, and that's actually the direction of travel now. What, as in you think that's what humans want, again, yes. connection. It's why you've come energy. here. Yeah, we can't do don't this. Like Zoom. No. We can't Zoom this. No. And even if we tried to Zoom it, we would both hate it so much yeah. we wouldn't want to do it. No. And when people ask me about Zoom, I say, you know, stick Zoom up your ass. And that seems impolite, but I mean it. Mm. This notion that you can meet someone online is a, is a lie. Yeah. And humans have such a thirst now to be together that as much as Russell has built a very successful Rumble platform, I'm sure, and as much as I'm so grateful to Elon for bringing me back to Twitter, on social media is, is in its end days. People are bored of it, it's over, it's done that way. We need people, we're hungry for people. Mm. And so, and that's what I find as I go up and down the road and on the road in America. Mm. So summarise then where you think we're at with our freedom of speech and council culture. We are fighting back now in a meaningful way. I feel like I've been on it for 15 years through the silencing. Uh, but I think with Elon Musk being able to wield his mighty weapon in the way that he has, has been beyond hot. 
We'll come back to that. And oh, we've got a whole God. section on Elon Musk. Have we Musk. got? Have yeah. we? We can yeah. do more. Yeah. I am a hundred percent willing to blow it. Need me to leave Elon. you alone? <laughs> yeah. I just there's things that go on with me and Elon that have definitely helped my marriage. I'm just going to say, but um, so so attractive. But I just love the direction of travel now. People coming back. Alex Jones just came back. A sense of uh, Farage did a great job highlighting the banking nonsense. Uh, and I guess personally. I've been so, it's so cheesy to say humbled, but I've been made to feel very, very tiny by venue owners that have said, you know what, we stand for free speech, we won't cancel Katie, and have stood firm. And that's been a, an amazing thing mm. for me. Yeah. So we're going to come to Nigel Farage debanking, Elon Musk and his... Massive well, penis. Yeah, and his massive penis. Um, recently... Um, Piers Morgan um, said he was very ill with COVID and had it not been for the booster jabs, it could have been a lot worse. I, I believe that. So that's the, the nice, elegant move into where do you think we're at with COVID and boosters and all of that, if we can even publish this. I mean, if only Piers Morgan's COVID had been so much worse. I mean, that's what I You don't I like hope. him. I don't mind him. We were colleagues. And um, but this notion that this bizarre ritual that the cultists have. So if you're from the cult of covid vaccination, you believe in your boosters and you believe that your booster and you hear them all the time saying, if I hadn't had my booster, it would have been so much worse. <laughs> Could you present me with the quantifiables on that? Could I see the statistics of that? Did you get the before and after? And of course they don't. Mm. They're just having to believe in the cult because they've now had 45 boosters and they're terrified of coming away from that. Mm. They don't see, oh, you had this many vaccines and you still got it. Maybe they're not working. But I think we've come to a point where the split between two sides of a population, will, the rift will never be healed nor mended. You have the cultists, in my view, that believe in the vaccine, believe in the boosters, were willing to foist it on others. Andrew Neil, if you don't get jabbed, you shouldn't be allowed out. You shouldn't be allowed to plane, uh, go on a plane. So Jeremy Vine, Andrew Neil, uh, Jimmy Carr, very uh, James O'Brien, Piers Morgan, willing to remove the freedom of people if they wouldn't have a state injectable. And that rift, there is a cleft now between those two sides that won't be healed. And I'm very proud to be part of a side that always supported people's freedom to choose and still support that freedom. And that looking at the number of unexpected deaths and heart attacks, I believe history will show us to be right. But mostly even for people that come across who've been vaccinated is it's always about freedom and choice. Mm. You should be free to have 45 boosters if you feel like it. I personally suggest you get a hobby. So you didn't have any yourself? I wouldn't have had any, no. no. I mean, my documents will suggest otherwise. Ah. But I, I would never have had a state injectable. I wonder how far down this rabbit hole we go. <laughs> go all the way. All the way. OK, well, go let's talk about the inquiry stop. then. So there is an open inquiry right now. And all these WhatsApp messages are just being shared. And you goaded me. So <laughs> you, you haven't got your water there. Have you got your water no, there? it's over there. Uh, Am I allowed I'll, I'll to go? It. Yeah, I'll get it. Thanks. So um, officially you goaded me on you. this, but it, it just seems like the whole, the whole thing is a complete circus 
whereby our country is run by complete clowns. And they're even all admitting that there was a toxic culture within the government when we needed our government the most to look after us. Do you think this inquiry will come to anything? Do you think anyone's going to be held to account? What are your thoughts? So the premise for COVID inquiries is to set up that government can't be responsible for decision making in a pandemic. And therefore you're seeing... But aren't they the people who are supposed to be managing us through a pandemic? <laughs> so you're seeing... So there was always a playbook for... If you, if you in any way think a similar thing to me, which I'm not asking anybody to, but I'll explain it from my perspective, is that if you imagine the COVID playbook, so they release uh, the whatever this thing is into um, on Chinese New Year in order that it's spread about the planet with real pace. There is a playbook for how governments are supposed to deal with it. You're supposed to lock down, supposed to take away people's freedoms and then never really bring those freedoms back. Just go with me. And, and each country and each leader that was given a brownie point by the, you know, the globalists went according to the same playbook, which is why we saw countries with different messaging, but kind of the same, doing the same things all at the same time. So if you look across now at different countries, they're having COVID inquiries, Australia, the UK. The, the outcome of the COVID inquiry is not what you're imagining it is. So you're imagining it from the point of view of rational. This should be a COVID inquiry that might have outcomes from a business perspective so we could learn. But you're in a whole different world of understanding. The purpose of the COVID inquiry is to reach the conclusion that governments aren't best placed to decide when there is a pandemic. And that needs to be outsourced to an organisation that is best placed to decide for all of us. So the World Health Organization Treaty, which gets signed up to in April, that's the reason for the COVID inquiry now. So that it can be demonstrated, governments aren't in the best place to make these decisions, the globalists are. And uh, if I'm wrong, then we'll know. But I won't be wrong. That sends me into some, I would even say terror. That sends me like a, central bank digital currency yeah. sends me it terrifies me these things yeah and it's the same and it's the same and what you're watching is the pantomime of democracy play out to give you the illusion that that was the outcome of the inquiry but that was already decided when they needed a mechanism for signing up to the world health organization and i suppose it's at this point where people stick the post-it note of conspiracy theorists on you. Exactly. So let's push back on that a bit. How yeah. did you find out all this stuff? What's the source of this information? Because you see the timeline for the World Health Organization and the pandemic treaty. And from the very start of this being released in China from the lab, there's an outcome, which is that globalists take more power. Globalists take more power. Individuals lose power they absorb the power. And it's really just a transaction mechanism of how you get that transaction to happen with the least resistance. Because of course, what nobody wants is protest or resistance to this. And the way of avoiding resistance as with sort of military strategy is that you don't let people know. So maybe you do a decoy thing or you foil a plan or you do a dummy attack over here, but really you're gonna attack here. So that's what all of this is, it's exceptional 
intelligent strategy for creating a World Health Organization that decides pandemic regimen. And so all power uh, cedes to the globalists. And so if you track back uh, in that way, and I, I have an intelligence background, you just see it coming. And what you have to do then is, yeah, wear, wear that post-it note that says conspiracy theorist. Don't, I don't force this view on anyone until asked for, but it allows me to have an understanding in conversations of what this inquiry is all about. And then there's a sort of, it's a, it's a, it's a charade. And so you watch it and you watch the actors play their part in it, knowing that many of them know what this is all about. So Boris Johnson will know this is about signing up to the WHO uh, treaty and it's about him playing his part mm. in order to get his reward for being a good actor. Wow. So do you think the world has always been this way and maybe with social media and more free information exchange, we just know more of it now because we're not really isolated from information anymore? Or do you think this has got worse? Because I just need, I feel like since March 2020, the world has got a lot worse. But it might just be because I am now seeing the light of much more information that was already there, but I just didn't see it. Yeah, and I think you were busy. I think you were busy doing what you were doing. Like, and still do, right? You have a brilliant business empire. People need your knowledge for stuff. You talk at people for 10 hours solid. With at them. Don't talk at you people. Talk at you talk at people. <laughs> you talk at people for 10 hours solid and they come and listen to you. 47 and a half hour world Because they record. want to know what's in your head. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So you were very busy accruing that knowledge mm. that you now disseminate to others. Equally, your path has kind of crisscrossed with some very odd characters now. <laughs> you and I hang Who'd out. Who'd have thought it? Yeah. You and I hang out on the regular. Yeah. And so now you're like, ooh. And it's exactly, well, what was that point for also, you because, a couple of years ago? Because COVID happened and they shut our business down and I wasn't just going to roll over and go, oh, okay. I started asking why. Because you owned it, you know. Mm. Because you're powerful. You have employees that depend on you, that you care about. You're trying to keep it going for them, right? Mm. So it was very easy. Look at the way they were able to control public sector employees. If you worked for the government, you were going to get your salary and you were going to sit in your garden. Huh? So easy to control that public makes sector. Makes me so angry, that does. Mo uh, something like half of um, public sector still work from home. Yeah. Now imagine <sighs> if everybody works for the government, as in... They take home their monthly, your, your allowance. Their monthly digital currency. Okay. Yeah. And so the government tells you to do X to get Y. What are you going to do? Look, look at what they've just learned. They learned people very happy to take money and be told what to do. But there were the resistors like yourself who were like, nah, 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 nah. And that's why wow. you're coming down this path now. And when I began... Oh, I'm going to get all the labels. Yeah, but they're post-it notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I can, I, I just pull them off. Leave them there. Yeah. Wear them. Yeah. They fall off on their own because post-its are a bit shit. <laughs> yeah. But, but when this all comes good, you'll be amongst a merry band of warriors who knew all along. And actually this side, I know we're, we're portrayed by mainstream as being conspiracy theorists, not as, there's just like a handful of them. There's just Russell. Oh, there's just Andrew Tate. Oh, oh, there's just the billionaire Elon. Oh, there's just... Oh, actually, there's Tucker, there's Dun there's a good 20 million British people who are right with 
any of us at given mm. points. So it's an exciting time. It hasn't got worse. People just are starting to realise because of lockdowns and the nonsense and they're seeing this stuff. Yeah. And the internet ha helped that. And that's why what we're seeing now is this pulling back of freedoms that you know you had. They're, they're being taken. Mm. And that's the other reason you're aware of it. So like if you've got kids and you see your 18 year old being asked for four and a half grand for insurance for a car, you know what they're coming for, which is young people's right to drive. Mm. You see what all these different ways that we're being made smaller. And that wasn't the way back in the 70s where I'm sure you weren't around. We felt like life was to be made bigger and freer and naughtier. Mm. There's not enough naughty now either. No, no, I'd agree. And do you think this is just the natural order of empires that grow and then empires that fall? I, I study a little bit of history and I think, God, this is terrible time, but there were much worse times in the past. Empires rise and empires fall. Mm. Is, is it just the natural order? Yeah, it sort of is. It's, this it's like a part of the cycle, cycle of the natural order. Yeah, is that individuals had so much freedom like peak freedom, 60s, 70s, yeah. I don't know. But too much freedom is bad. Is it? Well, sh yeah, I mean, if, if everyone was free to do whatever they want, we'd go back to the 1200s. Well, there's some basic... And they'd be like, oh, well, I'll just come and burn your village down and rape all your women and steal all your farm animals. You, know, you need some... It's like a pretty good day out. <laughs> no. In Devon. But I felt, yeah, come on, that's what we do. Um, not that we're in Devon. Of course. Of course. I can beat that out. If you need me to. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> They're coming for me anyway, yeah. Um, I think there was, a, there was a peak freedom, right, which is the American Constitution, which I could put my hands on in about three seconds in this house because mm. uh, I, I love it. I live it and I eat it, which is there's three things the government are allowed to interfere with you about. One is to protect your right to life. So if I came and I was trying to kill you, mm. which could happen, you would have a right to be preserved. The second is your right to liberties, your right to bear arms, your right to live your life, how you to work, to keep your family together. And the third thing is your pursuit of happiness. The, uh, the government's third reason for being... Oh, that's been fucking to, forgotten, hasn't it? Right. It's the suppression of happiness. Right, right. So the constitution of the American, well, the Republic, mm. right, was the moment of the pinnacle of people's freedom. Right. And since then... That was the start of the end then. Yeah, it's been about taking away, yeah. pull it back, pull it back. And, and, but it will come back again because it's starting. Yeah. We're at the start of the, the freedom thing. Rebellion. Been, yeah, I can, I can, I can smell rebellion. Yes, look at yeah. you. I knew we would get you into this space. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't mind saying this on record. I don't say a lot of things on record. I let my guests do it and people take the post-it notes off my guests and stick them on me. But if they're going to try and lock us down again on some tenuous evidence fuck off no i will keep running my business and serving my clients and paying my staff and fuck off <laughs> that's how i feel because they fucked us so badly last time it's quite hot <laughs> sorry there's tones of elon musk <laughs> taking me back to some very excitable places well, we're going to take a break halfway through so you can well, I might just get that clip that you just made there and just watch right, it then, quietly, sure. naked, and play with my own nipples. <laughs> to do what you need to do. It's quite exciting. It's whatever you need to do. Well, that will be what I need to do. All right. Shall we move on to Prince Harry then, just to um, change the tone down? <laughs> so Prince Harry releases Spare. We have the coronation, and we have this, like, almost implosion 
of the entire monarchy, the great institution of the UK. And it's like all of a sudden everything is just exposed. What are your thoughts? Mm. You know, it's like things people can believe in. One of the ways that you get a, a population to rip itself apart is remove things that people had faith in. So some people may have had faith in the church and we've seen how, you know, mm. our churches are now architects' offices, which really annoys me. Um, or you could rip apart things that they might believe in, like people may have been proud of their flag. So you make it that people can't fly the union flag anymore, that a flag is kind of a racist symbol. I mean, imagine the flack you're going to get for sitting in front of part of the union flag, just because it happens to be in my house. Um, and then the royal family. Now, for young people, it may have been meaningless anyway. You may be anti-monarchist. But for a large tranche of the population, the royal family was something they were proud of and believed in and believe in. Uh, particularly in the time of uh, the Queen Mother and the Queen. And my family were always three o'clock on a Christmas day. Everybody has to be in front of the TV to listen to the Queen. That was always a tradition that my grandparents had and you weren't allowed to speak. That's just how it was. So it was just another thing people could believe in mm. and another thing that gets ripped apart. Uh, I think Meghan Markle was a very useful way of kind of destroying that. Obviously, in a modern era, what's the relevance? So when you say a useful monarchy? way, are you implying she's some kind of plant? I don't know that a plant. I just know that she was very, very well trained, both as an actress, even though you may say she's a crap actor, but she was a very useful fool. Uh, for helping destroy one of the loveliest things, which was the relationship between the two brothers. Mm. Meghan Markle, when she went on her first date, this is from my time at Mail Online, when I had access to things, um, Meghan Markle on her first date with Prince Harry wore Princess Diana's perfume, which if you're like an emotive wow. person that Fuck. remembers things with smells and remembers safety or security or the smell of home, Meghan Markle smelt like, like his mother on the first date. So she came along. I, really? 100%. Why would you do that? To, because Prince Harry was helpless in needing his mother. He's always needed his mother. And it just so happened that instead he got the trailer trash with the same perfume. What I love yeah. about, uh, and it's something about a resilience thing and about the post-it notes, is if you've anybody seen recent, uh, and you may be an anti-monarchist and, and, you know, more... How do you feel about the monarchy? Is you... Oh, I, I think um, I like that people like them. I like the elderly people gathered, like the respect, I thought, for the, for the Queen's funeral. I found it charming. And over time, why not allow people who loved the Queen and believed they had a relationship with her in a meaningful way, why not allow them to feel proud and to lie in the street and queue for days. What, what, I love that, that, that spine, that's meaning for people. And I accept many people don't agree, but that's okay as well, stay home. Um, I don't think you need to stand with the sign saying, not my king, just, just get out of the way mm. for a minute. Like I could get out of the way if I disagreed with something. Mm. Let people who need that have it. But what I really love is Kate Middleton, 
And people can say, oh, she's just posh and she's just useless and she just doesn't do anything. Look at the way she's rolling it now. Like if you looked at her for any of the latest outings, she is power. She comes out there all humble. She holds her hands just so. She has her little legs just so. Stuff I don't have any understanding about, like female stuff, like crazy. Um, but she inside, I can see in her, she is like that. To Meghan Markle. Mm. Every time she steps out, she's basically doing that, but via, you know, Alexander McQueen and, you mm. know, um, immaculate everything. I love her for that. Like, powerful woman, mm, her. So that really, I guess I find the positive in things. Mm. So do you think um, the, the coronation of the king mm. did that bring a bit of togetherness back with what had happened with the royal family. Do you hmm. think the royal family is a, like any empire, a dying empire? Yeah, I think it's a dying... Golly, you're a bit tragic, aren't you? Dying well, mama. Well, I mean, it, it, death is life, isn't it? Ooh. We're, we're, well, now you've gone back to the light. I don't know. No, but, but, OK, let me... Um, I have this theory that everything in the universe is either growing or dying. Nothing is staying the same. True. So we're either growing or we're dying. Mm -hmm. And the British Empire, I mean, you know, look at what it was. Obviously, there's some big downsides to how the empire went and claimed its land from other people. But it was a strong, powerful empire. We had the global reserve currency. Now we've now our pounds worth fuck all. Our monarchy is probably a, a, a bit of a global joke. Um, it's just a natural dying of an empire. Are you growing it? or dying? Um, well, I, sh I should think physically, I'm certain areas I'm starting to die. <laughs> in other areas, I'm still growing. <laughs> um, what about in life? At the moment, I'm still growing. Yeah. Is it harder? Is life harder? Um, life's different. Yeah, I would say it's a bit harder because I found that the more I know, the more questions and scepticisms and noises and self-talk in my brain won't stop and I find actually I've become a bit more of an overthinker as I've got older the more information I've exposed myself to whether it's the world or or business and what I do and I do feel that I've maybe lost a little bit of my positivity my naive positivity that I had in my late 20s but that can also be good for business you don't get fucked over quite as much because you can't because I'm naturally quite trusting. I don't know if I like that about myself or not, though. But I think you can go from naive positivity in, in your youth to determined positivity in your haggard wisdom days. In, in, in our leather faces. In our later <laughs> days. Yeah. So like a determined positivity, which is like, so we're talking about the royal family. Mm. OK, so sure that you know the end of times for the royal family is surely coming mm. they surely can't sustain past another generation but in this moment was it an uplift the coronation mm, yes. in a particular moment in it that i um and in k mid and the way she's just like yeah. i like that woman walking up the what you call it in a church i was going to say gangway the aisle of the church <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> up the gangway what it's not a pirate <laughs> With a, you know, just Holland Cooper trousers on. Mm, mm. Just, that is a look. 
So, so it's a determined positivity, if you see what I mean. Yeah. It's that we see what's coming, but there is so much positive that I now mm. feel. So that, and I think the coronation, the thing I loved about it um, was that the day that the Queen passed, King Charles became king. And within 12 hours, he had to start uh, going through English, Scottish, Welsh and Irish parliaments to do whatever the ceremonial mm. thing was, forgive me. But what an amazing thing to have been schooled all your life that that was your purpose. And within 12 hours of losing your mother, you are stood in parliaments reassuring the, na Ooh, gives me the shivers. Mm. reassuring mm. the nation. So you can be anti-monarchist, you can be anti-everything, you can be anti-me, but I, I very much like the sort of moral courage of that thing. Mm. And what about the Queen? Whether you like the monarchy or not, did you ever hear her complain? No. Never. When all the stuff was happening with her, Prince Andrew. Oh my God. And, you know, Harry. When did she once lose her, her, her yeah. aura? Aura. Never. Unbreakable woman. And right at the end, when so everyone was gathered, weren't they, outside the balcony, and she'd gone in because she was in so much pain and she couldn't come out. And, and King and Charles went in evidently and said, I really think, Mummy, you should come one lot. And she made it out there. Mm. And people didn't know that within, what was it, eight days, she would be dead. Yeah. But she knew because she had to battle through. So, yeah, uh, you know, without kind of labouring it for those who are completely over the royal family. But you can, you can be over the royal family, and, but respect the Queen. And respect for, strength. Yeah, strength. So strength is what yeah. I, I, and I respect it with the, the Queen and I respect it with what King Charles was able to do at the same time as he lost his mum. Mm. And I so respect it with Kate Middleton. Mm. Mm. Amen. <laughs> yeah. So, debanking. Oh. This has been a big theme of the year, hasn't it? For oh, you are a pep, a politically exposed person. We'll just shut your bank account down. And Farage was the big, I know Nigel really well, and they fucked with the wrong person there, I think. It's glorious. He, like, yeah. So what do you think about, de is debanking a thing? What do you think about it yeah. and Nigel Farage? Yeah, Nigel Farage did a tremendous thing because he took what could have been a private matter for him to resolve and be rewarded for resolving and whatever, and he made it super public. And of all the things I'm grateful for, I'm grateful that he had a platform on GB News to do it. I'm grateful that he just kept going. Like, the, they were like, okay, sorry. And he was like, nah, I want the papers. Mm. I'm showing the papers. And then it turned out that Simon Jack from the BBC, who I know and known for a long time, was the guy who was at a dinner with the head of the bank. And that's how that whole lie came about. And this is exactly how the world works, is that at private dinners, Powerful people sit with each other and this is actually how decisions and business and many of the things we see in the political realm are done. So Simon Jacks comes bowling out with the exclusive that it had nothing to do with Nigel Farage's politics and everything to do with the fact that he was cash strapped. Um, Which is really damaging for someone's reputation to say that. Right, and Simon way. Jack to be yeah. able to do that. And then he faced no consequences. He went on vacation, Simon Jack, for two weeks and now he's back. And that boy still has escaped any of the harm that should have come his way as a direct consequence for him being a treacherous little snake. Mm. So I think Farage did a lovely job. And, I, and there are people who say, oh, well, it's all very well. When it's Farage, people want to hear. 
But when it was me, no one cared. But now they know because of Nigel. Exactly. Yeah. And that's totally my view. Is mm. I, I understand the um, upset of people who feel like, oh, well, no one gave a shit when it was me. I understand. But thank the Lord we now have Farage that exposed it. Mm. Same with, um, you know, any of these others that have been out there. It's people say, oh, but it happened to me and no one cared. Get over yourself. Because as long as we have somebody speaking out, it's a great thing. So mm. Nigel did a great thing. The banks have had a shot across their bow. Dame What's-Her-Face doesn't get to take home her £10 million uh, golden handshake. Um, and I think he yet again did a real service. And I'm pleased to see Nigel doing so well. And I certainly think he could, I certainly see him back in politics before too long. Do you think he'll be Prime Minister one day? Wouldn't it be so fun? <laughs> Gert Wilders in Holland. Uh, you're going to have Marine Le Pen in France. She's due to get in. So their elections, I believe, I want to say June 24. Mm. Uh, Spain and Italy have gone our way. Uh, Argentina has gone our way. And then you could very well end up with Farage. Wouldn't surprise me no. at all because people are at the point of having, of, of realising so many things. They just want something that isn't what they've got. Mm. So um, I've been saying for years, that people need to be careful with the banks and money. One, because inflation really eats away at your money much quicker than you think. It's like having your money stashed and a rat literally eating it, nibbling it around the edges because inflation was in the double digits in 2020. So I've been saying to people, don't leave too much money in the banks, put it in other hard assets, gold, property, whatever. But this whole debanking thing should just warn people. At any time, your banks could go, nah, you're not having your money. And then they might never give you your money back. Or they might say, yeah, we'll unlock your banks now, but we want half. And then if we go to this central digital currency, they might go, well, we want a curfew tonight, so we'll lock all your banks so you can't go anywhere. We don't want you to leave the country, so we'll track every financial move. And one, one of the things I'm really pleased that Nigel did is he made it so public and so now everyone has had the warning anyone can be a politically exposed person you don't have to be in politics you just have to not be liked by whoever is controlling the world and so I just want you know share that warning with everyone. Now that's really important I was just thinking that that's a message I need to I need to take you saying mm. that and put it out because it's it and this is the other thing isn't it it's about um, messengers the right messenger so me just banging on about, you know, don't leave yourself. I can sound like a conspiracy theorist. It can be ignored. Mm. But someone like you, who's sitting in the heart of your own business and other businesses and people come to you for advice, you saying, listen. Yeah. So for me, I'm like, mm, I need that. I, so we have to choose our messengers really carefully. And at my kind of level, level, level as a kind of rabble rouser, I suppose, <laughs> uh, for me, at a, uh, translating that, it's also the spending of cash. Mm. So we've had massive campaigns for, you know, cash is king, spend cash, use yes, cash. Thank God for those. And so that's really and we've and we and I'm choosing to believe that the entire 7% scene in the uptick of uh, cash in the bank sector, 7%, that's our people. Mm. And the crowd will go crazy at that. And then we've just had 19% uptick um, in cash being used in the last I think it's the last quarter, mm. which has been amazing. And the post office from June to August, the most cash transactions in history on record. That's rebellion. That I is know, rebellion. I know, that and is, I so love cash it. Cash is freedom. 
cash is freedom and that's rebellion and thank God because everyone fell for the oh well you know cash transmits the virus just tap your Apple Pay oh we don't need cash anymore don't fall for that shit Good. cash is freedom Good and I say to people say often what can I do what can I do and one of the things you can do tomorrow is let's say you do 20 transactions in a day, try and do one of them with cash. Mm. And shop the next lo day, shop do locally, 20. support your small businesses, pay cash. cash, tip with cash. Yes. Yeah, don't be lazy and rely on the... No, and also people tap. on the street, like homeless dudes, buskers, they're screwed with all of well, this. Well, they are. They need... They, I, I, I know my beggars in my city, because they're professional beggars. Um, and I, I always say, well, if you had a card machine, a tap, I could give you money, but cash. I'm not... Yeah. So we need to look after cash and spend cash. But I think your message is a much top level thing and it's so important, but people's rebellion can be in tra cash transactions yeah. and demanding from businesses that they continue to accept cash. And now the bank is convening to see about putting in some sort of legislation about people having access to cash. So we can have resistance mm. and we can rebel in our own way. And uh, cash, I think, is part of that. 100%. And most people are not financially literate. The only way they know to budget is go down the bank, get 80 quid out this week, and that's the budget for the week. That's all they know how to do. So much harder to budget when you just tap this, tap that, tap that. All of a sudden you spent 150 instead of 80 because you can't budget what you can't see. And I think the, the thing about what you said about it is literally they turn it off. So if I think of any of my banks or PayPal or maybe I'm trying to think of accounts that your uh, listeners or viewers might have. So let's say I had 25 grand in my PayPal and uh, one day they just decided to turn it mm. off. What I'll say about that is not only do you look at it and go, but, but, and there is no but. Yeah. But second is, then your next thing is, oh, but I need to get help then. There's no one to give you help. Who are you going to ring? Who are you going to who who? Mm. What are you going to go down the branch? There is no branch. No financial helpline. So what, when it's cut off, your natural instinct is, well, I'll sort that. You can't sort it. Just have an idea. Yeah. Can you make a note about financial helpline? You know, you get all these helplines. Oh. Like you know, obviously with the Samaritans, why couldn't there be one for people's money and finances? Imagine anyone at any time could phone a helpline and get free financial advice. Uh, meaningful financial yeah, advice. Yeah, of course. Yeah, not yeah, not yeah. IFA financial advice. No, you mean... And not system financial you advice. You mean I'm, I'm in the practical, shit. Practical, personal Here's financial advice. Here's my problem. Advice. Yeah. That's a great idea. Mm. That's a strong shout. Yeah. Maybe we started something here, Katie, other yeah. than just rebellion. <laughs> what do you call them? You call them your rabble. My rabble, the rabble rousers. Yeah. yeah. Because we are the ordinary... And there's many very, uh, very smart, articulate, talented, brilliant people, but we are the ordinary. Mm. And, um, and our numbers are growing at such speed. And I am, I, I'm so excited for what's coming. I'm so excited for the next, I hope I'm around longer now because I, I really want to see what's coming. Ireland showed it the other day. If, Con if Conor McGregor runs uh, uh, to be president, my <laughs> life is pretty much freaking complete. I'm so excited for what's coming. Mm. And I, I want to, if, if I could have my, if I could ask for my last day, it would be to be at the, uh, the front surge of what's coming mm. um, because it's going to be glorious. And, um, and people won't have their freedoms taken for, for too much longer. Uh, and I feel it. I feel mm. it. There's an electricity about it that I just love. And the other really glorious thing is, um, you know, how strange it is that you and I are connected, for example. And that's true of this whole connection of all the people in our, the people that you know in your contacts. We are really connected. Mm. 
and it's that's also very powerful. Yeah, well, one of the things I love about doing this disruptor show is I love meeting people that I may otherwise never would have yeah. met because we're in different worlds. Yeah. Um, so you know, I met my progressive rock god through basically he's the king of progressive rock, and I met him through the show, and we've become friends. And, He's sent me an AI Christmas song that he's written. I'm just like, this is surreal. And then I remember watching you on The Apprentice because, you know, I was, I, I, you know, that was when I started my business. I used to love watching The Apprentice. Yeah, back in the day. And, and, and here we are. And isn't that, isn't that great? Yes, which leads to this idea that I believe in, which is why I have this endless faith and have no fear, is that your path in life is already set. So we didn't know back then when you were watching The Apprentice or I was applying to be on The Apprentice for no mm. apparent reason whatsoever, that your path is already set and that the freer you are, the more you find it. Uh, and that's what I think is for many people is when you... What makes you... Sorry to interrupt. No, good to interrupt. But um, I've not had this existential question um, probably for 20 years about whether you're predetermined in life or whether you make your own life. As an entrepreneur, I find it hard to take that belief yes. that my destiny is set because, you know, you have the hustle you're, mentality you're hustle. and yeah. you build you work from so nothing. Bloody hard. Yeah. And um, you sweat. Yeah. So are you saying I should work less hard no, and no, no, no. and no, accept all, that my... No, no, no. So it's not a, right, be a fat bastard and go on a cruise. It's not that. <laughs> so you, you've, you've interpreted that. I could that. never be that. You've interpreted that. Well, I think we know you could. Um, <laughs> You've interpreted that in a way that is the opposite of what I'm talking about. But you're, about. you're saying my path is already set. Yes. By who, how, where? So your path in life is already set. I don't know who sets it. Okay. I don't have all the answers. Well, but you're on my show, so you should have all the answers. Okay, I'll make want... some up if you like, right, but then. that would feel well, very no, you're giving me your, your... Yeah, so yeah. I believe, and I've come yeah. to this belief. Yeah. I didn't, have, I didn't like, go to some weird cult school and get indoctrinated. <laughs> But I maybe I choose to believe it because my life has been so. I'm so sorry, Sam. Uh, maybe I choose to fiddle with my microphone. Why don't I just give it a little bit more? Um, I choose. This is all going to stay in. By I the know, way. Yeah. but I, that, I'm explaining things. Then I was explaining yeah. that for the viewer, Great. so they because they won't know that that was the mic. So actually, I was like working with children. Um, so maybe I choose to believe it because my life has been so random that I'm trying to make sense of it, right? Mm. But I believe that your path is already set and the more that you endeavour, right, the more that you're bold, the more that you sweat from your nutsack to employ this person or buy that or hustle that deal, the more you find your path. So it's about maximum effort or right. maximum, so Tate, maximum strength, maximum Elon Musk, the advertisers, right? Maximum bravery, you find your path. But what it means, you can't have this stuff that will make you, the more you have stuff that makes you go, oh, but I couldn't do that because, but oh, that would upset. Oh, but I'm, you know, you have to let go of all that stuff. Like a, like a hot air balloon. You have to cut off, that was me cutting the ropes not just eating mice. You have to cut off. You may want to work on your cutting sound. What's a, what's a good... There you go. That's is that better? better? Yeah. You've got to cut off ballast, the ballast, isn't mm. it, that weighs you down. Yeah. So, like, as a mum, you can use children as ballast every day of the week. I've got children, so I shouldn't. Mm. I've got children, so I mustn't. I, or, I can't. Yeah. I can't because I'd be letting my kids down. Oh, okay, maybe you would. Or maybe one day they'd think it was terrifically exciting that you got caught 
outside naked having sex in a field. I don't know. I'm just using an example. You know what I mean? Mm. Cut yourself free mm. and then you find your path. That's what I believe. Yeah. Hence I like you that. and me and Tate and Farage and Robinson and whomever else is anyone relies on, we all end up coming towards a similar place. Mm. Mm. See, right. it's exciting. It is exciting. Now, I don't want to... I feel like I should leverage that excitement, but I want to talk about the death, <laughs> death of the UK now. So, oh, you absolute bastard. Yeah, I know. I'm just going to completely ruin it for you. But no, actually, this is, this is good for me because I will be honest, I've been pretty down about the state of the UK. Yes, I see that. I think the police, way underfunded, completely fucked, completely corrupt really low conviction rate. I don't even know how much of it's their fault because if they were getting the funding and the resources, things would probably be better. You've got the NHS completely fucked. You basically pay for your healthcare twice because you have to get private because you can't get into the NHS. Um, you've got taxes which are outrageously high and any creativity and innovation and ability to build a business without friction, you know, which the economy is the big engine of this country the taxes are far too high and i just feel like the the uk is dying what do you think about all of that and then leverage me with some of this optimism that yes. you seem to have because financially and sort of structurally within our main organizations like the police and the nhs and the government and the banks i can't fucking see it no i think it's fucked yes so agreed, 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 and I think you're completely right. And the old institutions, whatever that institution is, is dying and will die. So uh, the royal family. <laughs> I am I'm longer than you, I need to stretch. You reminded me of my Labradors. It's <laughs> yeah. like when they're on the sofa. Um, and they, uh, they, they crawl go, off. Yeah. yeah, they crawl off. And then they do this really weird. Yeah, and then their back legs are still on the sofa, but yes. their front legs are on the floor. Yeah, or they'll do a real big stretch for yeah. a long time. Like, <laughs> yeah. just like, but they don't move. No. That's what you reminded me of just That's then. That's what I just did. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, did I put you off the question? No, I love it when you just do a bit of yoga All when right. you've asked me something. You're like, death of it, the death of UK, the death of... You've just got normal. to be yourself, haven't you? Yes, darling, yeah. absolutely. You're, ro you're rocking it. You're rocking yeah. it. All old institutions will die off. So the church, uh, you know, I guess the notion of the flag mm. got killed off. Then the monarchy, institution, bank, NHS, the institution. Yeah. That died a long time ago. Just people pretended or tried to put a sticking plaster on it so they didn't notice. Mm. So all that stuff is gone and you're completely right. That feels very um, doom and gloom and sad. And it is kind of a tragedy equally. Um, things like the NHS could never continue past its heyday because as you would appreciate from a business perspective, the modeling on it is just yeah. I mean, beyond bonkers. We can't afford it. And that's been true for 20 years. Yeah. So it has to die off. But the very remarkable thing is that once you go further into uh, the rabble, um, that is already being seen as a life that doesn't actually impact nor impose massively on a very large community of people that no one's yet talking about. So up and down the UK, this is before we get to America, where it's even bigger, people are working out ways and means and mechanisms to live separate to all of that. And it's not some weird prepper rabbit hole and it's not some weird off-grid community. It's ways of organising, transacting, achieving power, food, resources 
which comes exactly from what you were talking about earlier, buy local, use cash. It's basically an extension of that. So many of the events I go to are with communities that live or can live within range of each other, that have power that they generate themselves, have access to water sources, have their own medical people attached to those communities and are living, are preparing for that. Mm. There is an entire swathe of this country already building for when all of those institutions are gone or, or trying to live without needing them. Yeah. And so I'm super hopeful and super positive because I see that all over the place. South Africa, the same, America, mm. people in Florida, moving to states that they will create free states. The free state of Florida, Arizona. It's almost like a reversal, isn't it? Yeah. In, it feels like a, a de-evolution, yes. but it's not. Because, it's not. Because it is evolution, otherwise it wouldn't be happening. It's a refinement. Yeah, but going, almost reversing some of the globalism and yes. that we created. Because yeah. we, we went, uh, we were, so evolution, evolution, and we're going faster, and then, oh, look, we've got cars, and now we've got mm. Concord. But then remember what happened after Concord. Everything after Concord had to be slower, mm. less good, less fast, less driving, less, less. Yeah. So a parallel path has opened up and this mm. whole new way of being where we're refining life away from all of the illusion of democracy, the illusion of law and order. Mm. I mean, what have police been used for most recently? To crush rebellion. That's the use of the police now. It's only to crush rebellion, I think. I.e. not to convict rapists no. and stop stabbings and no. theft in London. No, allow just, that to ha carry yeah. on. It's allowed. It's permitted. It's just a few communities. It's the black, the poor black areas of London, people stab each other. It's been allowed to carry on. If someone wanted to stop it, it would have been stopped. Mm. They want to stop it. Same with the boats. No one wants to stop them, otherwise they'd be stopped. The things that are it's permitted mad. are it's, permitted. It's so mad. It's, we live in mad times. <laughs> we do live in mad times. Which is a great thing, because this is the time to be alive. Well, it's our only time, isn't it? We've got to make the most well. of it. Oh, go on. <laughs> no, You're no, going to no. give me some afterlife no, theory. No, I'm not. I'm not <laughs> no, no, I believe when you, when you pop off, you pop off. But I also believe, um, I believe people are still with us when they've left. That's important. So, because I, I don't know about death, really, but I do know that I believe people stay with you. And, and that might be in memories or photos or smells or moments, but they mm. stay with you. Mm. So I always tell my children, um, I'll be in your pocket. You know, I say, if you ask my son now, where's your mum? He'd say, oh, well, she'd say she's in my pocket. So I tell them that because I've always felt like if your day does come, you want your kids to know that you're still in their pocket, mm. right? So I think it's like that. Mm. But yeah, no, I think this is time. I think you should be, I think you should be, your focus should be a getting the noises in your head to be quiet. You have to you have to be the boss of them in the way that you're the boss of your business. And you have to be the one that says, no, not doing that right now. I'm going to have a coffee. Although you gave up coffee because you're a massive pervert. <laughs> and then uh, let yourself have pleasures in life. Right. Yeah. Where are they in your life? What's your biggest pleasure? I'm not saying it on this show. OK. Allow yourself more pleasure, right? The pursuit of happiness. Mm. You owe it to yourself to pursue happy. And then also, you know, you need to be, to, to find a, the determined positive in the same way that, what did you say you had when you were young? Naive Yeah, naive positivity. So you need to build determined yeah. positive. 
Because you've got loads of it. Yeah, thank you. I mean, I'm really excited about decentralisation because being an entrepreneur is being able to build something meaningful and useful that other people want, that provides them a value or service that you get paid for to build a good, free life without friction and intervention. That's mm. what it is. It's pretty much the constitution. Exactly. And of course, the governments have over-interfered and created so much friction. And now with the decentralisation of basically the rebellion against globalisation. So, you know, I know social media is suffocating, but also it's free in that if, if Twitter don't want me, I can go on Instagram. And if Instagram don't want me, I can go on YouTube. And if none of them want me, I can go on Rumble. So we have some decentralisation there. And we have... You know, like you said, going back to these local self-sustaining oh, yes. communities. Yes, yes, yes. I love the concept of decentralization because for me, globalization is a globalization is a suppression of your freedom, and the the rebellion against globalization is decentralization. Precisely, and like with cryptos. Yes, against money. For yes, example. yes, and then in the rabble, a, a gathering of two hundred and fifty people in the middle of the night who never ever told a single other person about the event, but were able to know the event was happening in the same place and all be there mm. in an unlikely venue above an underwear shop in the middle of the night in Nantwich. That's, that is a ultimate manifestation of decentralization, right? Mm. Is those people can gather and feel better together with the sole purpose of knowing they're not on their own. Mm. So there's this really exciting time coming so you're excited for the next year then? Super excited. Where's my planner? Over there. Yeah. See all those blue dots? They're all stand-up gigs. So Ooh. April through till June, start of July, yeah. we'll be yeah. on tour across the UK. Wow. The Silly Cow Tour. Yeah. Katie Hopkins' Silly Cow. Is that is that actually what it's called? Yeah. Oh, right. So can people book now? Yeah. And it's called the Silly Cow Tour? Yeah. Right. Because some people that hate me, or think they did, or used to, whatever, be like Hopkins, oh, the silly cow. So I called the tour that. Right. I'll see what you did there. <laughs> so so are, you, are you an activist? Huh? Are you an activist? Ooh, no. What? no. No, I hate that word. Because that always reminds me of very privileged boarding school kids called Phoebe mm. with purple hair who stick themselves to the tarmac by their nipple hair. I'm not one of them. Right. I'm, uh, I don't know. I'm out there with the ordinary people fighting the good fight. Always have been 20 years. So it's really, this is just, uh, I feel very lucky to be around now. Because mm. it could have, I could have been offed or not been around to see this bit. Yeah. So I feel like we've all been running with the baton for a long time and now we're really making some headway. Mm. So, so I would like to see you more feeling more, I would like you to genuinely believe we're headed towards really great things. Yeah, I think we are. But I think it had to get bad, that has bad. To. Has and to. unfortunately, you have to go through that. You have to. Yeah. It's like, for me, it feels like my relationship with the UK, it's like I'm, it's like I'm divorcing myself from yes. the UK and I'm going yes. through the pain of that. Yes. But there's so many exciting things yes. as what was breaks. And then all of a sudden you see what could be, what could have been, and you see opportunity. Exactly. And then you can have the confidence. Or, you know, you always have confidence in yourself. So not like, oh, I'm so great, I'm so this, I'm so mm. that, but more, I, here I am still. Yeah. I've been through this, 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 here I am still. Oh, here I am still, come on then. Mm. And that's true of the people around you, they're still going. And um, so you can have confidence in that. Mm. 
So yeah, it is exciting. I mean, there's a lot of terrible things and a lot of people are really, really, really struggling. Mm. And that's, that bit is horrible. And like, oh, we're just doubling the cost of this. Where the hell are people supposed, people on a, on a limited or constrained budget with fine, where the hell are they supposed to find that? Mm. And this doubling is done in the knowledge that they can't find it. Removing a health service and people not be able to afford private, it is done in the knowledge they can't access private healthcare, right? You know, this is the heartbreak of the ordinary, is the smalling of people, the crushing of people actually physically means you're going to crush them. Yeah, that is sad. And I think that's entrepreneurship is the solution and the freedom to that, i.e. that thing you've always loved and you've always wanted to do that you haven't had the courage to do or you think you couldn't do because you've got kids and mortgages and everything else. Surely now is the time to fucking try it. Mm. If there's a bigger freaking explosion anyway, surely now is the time to mm. turn your passion into your profession. Uh, exactly, exactly. And there's an urgency, there's an urgency for other people to open up those opportunities. Mm. And there's an urgency now. And, and, I, and I really like very much the way it's forcing people to think, do I need the house? I can't afford the mortgage. I can't afford where it's going. Maybe we just sell the house. And, and I appreciate the rental market is horrid, but people moving out into vans and vehicles and caravans and, you know, the, there, is a, there is a gloriousness about the freeing of that. Mm. Mortgages were one of the ways of control. Of course. And freeing yourself Pledge from that. Pledge until death. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe not now. Yeah. Maybe not. And maybe the way you're freer is by joining one of these communities I'm not, I'm not advocating it for everyone out. I know people love their homes. Mm. British people particularly, we grew up imagining that the own value of a life home. was to own your own yeah. home. But maybe that was a, a bit of an illusion now too. Mm. But yeah, there is an urgency and there is not all of my kind of, it's exciting for many, many people. It is not exciting. No. And they are being crushed and, and killed with a thousand cuts. Mm. And, I, and, I, and that makes me angry angry because they deserve much more mm. and much better mm. yes amen final question for the review and that is ai was big <gasps> in the year just gone chatbot yeah i mean ai everything ai songs i mean there's this big thing isn't there in the film music Actors. industry um, but you said to me before we went live that you know how to cheat ai the ai <laughs> algorithm i want to hear about this but i'm going to give away my cheat well, don't worry, we only have 100 billion viewers and listeners. Hardly any. Yeah. You're not even known. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, it's rubbish. Uh, why am I bothering talking to you? Well, maybe the bigger ones won't have you on their show. <laughs> I'm probably the biggest that will have you on the show. Oh, I said. <laughs> so, um... How have you hacked AI? Well, the trick is... So, now I do stand-up, and I was never really uh, obviously a stand-up and nor and people say well you're not funny well no no I get it right you can either find me funny or you don't it's going to be a, like a binary thing but the trick is I've not changed any of the things I've thought or said really substantially over time 20 years but when I used to say them I was banned from everything banned from this that the other banned from my home lost everything but when you apply comedy you can say stuff you couldn't otherwise say. So I've just done a video and it basically says, don't be getting your boosters because there's some weird stuff going on with heart attacks. You can't say that. But if you're funny 
and you're an old lady and you're making a joke about things and you're obviously dicking about, you can. But people that know you know the serious message, they know what you're doing, or at least they laugh along with you, but get the point and it works. And AI and the algorithm doesn't know what to do with you. And so I am now able to do content. I'm able to be booked in theatres. I'm able, I mean, I get cancelled a lot, but that, that's part of the taking the punches. My content is pretty consistent, but I have applied a guise of being funny and it's allowed me to do what I do. Because AI, it turns out, does not yet have the advanced personality to be able to do humour, particularly not dry humour. It is basically a German or a Canadian, so utterly devoid of personality. And I'm assuming that somewhere in Silicon Valley, there's a bunch of German Canadians who were working on AI. They never had sex in their lives. They never found anything funny. And they developed AI on that basis. It can't do funny. It can't get a gag and it can't tell a gag. And so it can't censor a gag. And so it can't censor me. So Katie Hopkins has officially hacked AI and in hacked the, the algorithms. In the time of the kings, the only person that could speak truth to power was the jester, just saying. And that is the perfect way to end the review of the year. Good review of the year. Great review. Well, thank you for the idea. Oh, I think I've no, really enjoyed this. I actually think this will last more than just a month because I think it's got relevancy for many years to come. Mm -hmm.